from the Lake Erie shores of Northeast Ohio. Cleveland! Cleveland is a city of champions once again. Rock and roll capital of the world and birthplace of the comic book superhero. Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. This is the Panel Scanners Podcast since 2012. Welcome to the Panel Scanners, episode 73, where we are going to talk about all kinds of fun things tonight. With me always across the table is Darren. How are you doing tonight, Darren? I am sore. <laughs> uh, lots of things going, went wrong today, but this is going to go right. And uh, first and foremost, uh, <laughs> welcome to any of you who are listening for maybe the second time after uh, meeting a lot of you at Carolyn John's free comic book day midnight release party. It was really cool to see all of you. I've told people that, yeah, we were recording in front of 2,500 people, which I don't know how many people were there, but it was packed. Yeah, it was big. super, super packed. Thanks again to everyone at Carolyn John's. That was an awesome event. So, uh Oh, uh, man, I can't wait. I hope we get a, get a chance to go again next year. It was super fun, so I can't thank you guys enough. Yeah, and hopefully next year, this guy to my right, Tim, can come with us as well. That would be great. That would be amazing. It looked, uh, well, it seemed, I shouldn't say it looked. I didn't see anything, but I, you guys did it the year before, and yeah. I saw oh, yeah. pictures from that and all that, and you've, I've heard nothing but great things about it. So, yeah, I am looking forward. I'm sorry I missed it, and I'm. Hoping I can be there next year. Well, we're glad you're back tonight, Tim. I, I was telling people that Tim wasn't there because he's on assignment. Yeah. Because that that's is. what you do when, uh, like, a, in, in broadcasting, if someone goes on vacation, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so's not here, he's on assignment. They, they never come back with anything specific. No. So, unless you have, Tim. We're going to... Well, he does have the retro tonight. <laughs> well, so, that's true. Yeah. He was researching yeah. cults. Perhaps you, he was knee-deep in it. He yeah. got himself into a cult. Uh, yeah, he may have joined one. Who's to yeah. say? Yeah, You'll yeah, find we'll out. See. We'll see. Because <laughs> I think he's got, uh, in a couple of weeks, he's going to be doing Batman the Cult, right? Yes, sir. Yeah? yeah. Awesome. But regardless, while we were away, a lot of stuff happened. So how about you jump into this first, Darren? Well, here we go. Um, this is something I kind of enjoy. We do our own awards special uh, December-January area, depending on how our calendars work out. But, you know, what would you would con- consider the Academy Awards of the comic book industry are the Eisner Awards, named after Will Eisner. Um and, uh, well, I've got them. So here are some of the highlights uh, the, for the Eisner Awards 2018. And those you, the winners are announced at San Diego Comic-Con uh, every year. So I'm not going to go through the entire exhaustive list. Definitely hit on the ones that were reading, at least. For, su- for sure. Yeah. There's a lot of things. Like I'll name some of the categories. Best short story. Um, best single issue one shot. Uh, and I don't think uh, there is anything that we have come across, but you'll recognize some of the names. Barbara uh, by Nicole Miles. Hellboy Krampenschlott by Mike Mignola and Adam Hughes. Pope Hats by Ethan Riley. The Spotted Stone by Rick Veach. And What Is Left by Rosemary Valero O'Connor. Best continuing series, and uh, I think you'll be pretty pleased with something you're going to hear here, Phil. The Black Hammer, or excuse me, just Black Hammer by Jeff Lemire and Dean Orston and David Rubin for Dark Horse. Giant Days by John Allison, Max Sarin, and Liz Fleming. Boom. Boom Studios, man. They they uh, they kind of came out of nowhere a couple of years ago, and they're really hitting some home runs. Well, they definitely sneak some stuff in there for sure. All right, Phil. Hawkeye by Kelly Thompson, Leonardo Romero, and Mike Walsh. I wonder if we have some more news about Hawkeye in a little bit. Yeah, but that, that series is no longer ongoing. 
Um, well, so I mean, I guess it was year. still continuing in, the, yeah. in 2018. Makes sense. Or, well, this would have been for 2017, I think. Okay, then, yeah, so, yeah. that makes sense. Monstrous by Majory Liu. is an old Batman uh, artist or writer. Uh, Sana Takeda and The Wicked, The Divine by Kieran Gillen and Jamie McKelvey. Best Limited Series, Black Panther, World of Wakanda by Roxane Gay, Tainishi Coates, and Athea Elia Martinez. Extremity. Um, by Daniel Warren Johnson, the Flintstones. God, that was my one of my worst. Yeah, you. Hated I think it that. was my worst. I okay. I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> if you want to hear my thoughts on that one, go ahead and check out our end of the year awards for this past year. Wasn't even no, it wasn't even this year. It was last year. Yeah, I never made it past issue two. Well, it must have got a yeah, lot you, better after I jumped ship. Maybe issue three is where um, it Let me go through some of these. Qu- uh, that was by Mark Russell, Steve Pugh. Okay, this is not the uh, same creative team, I don't think. X-Men Grand Design. Did you uh, check that one by I Ed read, Fisker? I read, like, the first issue or two, and I just couldn't get into it because it was, like, retelling stories from the past but in, like, a different perspective. So mm-hmm. I, just, I just couldn't get into it. Okay. Uh, and Mr. Miracle by Tom King and Mitch Gerards. Now I'm going to go through uh, these real quick. Best new series, Black Bolt, Grass Kings, Maestros, Redlands, which I have been reading, and Royal City. Now here's where we get, like, best publication for early readers. Nothing that we have read there. Best publication for kids age 9 to 12. Best publication for teens ages 13 to 17. Best humor publication. <laughs> the Batman Elmer Fudd special number one is on there. Rock Candy Mountain. Oh, so is good. On there. So good. Best anthology, best reality-based work, best graphic album, best graphic album reprint, best adaptation from another medium, uh, best U.S. edition of international material, best U.S. edition of international material Asia, uh, best archival collection project or strip, best archival collection project comic books, best writer. Now, here's some of the ones we're really looking forward to. Tom King for Batman, Batman Annual Number 2, Batman Elmer Fudd Special, and Mr. Miracle. Matt Kint, Grass Kings for Boom Studios, Ether for Dark Horse, Extremity, and XO Manowar. Jeff Lemire for Black Hammer and Descender. Majory Liu for Monstrous, and Mark Russell for The Flintstones. Baffling. Um, I, like I said, I only made it to issue two. Lorena Alvarez, our best writer-artist combination. Lorena Alvarez for Nightlights. Shabute for Moby Dick, Alone, Park Bench. Emil Ferris for My Favorite Thing is Monsters, Kathy Malkasian for Eartha, and Joe Taniguchi for Ferrari, Louis Vuitton Travel Guide, and Venice. Um, best cover artist. Let's just go to, let's get to the main event here. Come on. <laughs> what are we doing? Man, there are so many categories. I know, and uh, it really makes you think, like, we're reading all this stuff, and the vast majority of that yeah, is... Yeah, between the three of us... No. <laughs> We got a lot of reading. Yeah, I don't see a whole lot here. All right, let's just call it there. Let's call it a let's call it a day on this one, because um, there's so much. It's it's interesting. They have best cover artists, but they don't really have. When did they announce the awards? It was about a month ago. And well, oh, you know, the winners? Yeah, the winners. they do it at San Diego Comic Con. Okay, yeah. So maybe we can talk about Will Eisner of the spirit of the, the yeah. spirit. I couldn't think of that for a second. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, and these are, this is cool. It's a good recognition. Uh, I don't mean to make like of the Flintstones. Uh, I, you know what, maybe I should, uh, jump back in on that thing, but who knows? Uh, it certainly, had, it, it was something that no one ever thought we'd see. Uh, the Flintstones, I heard rumor that they might try to incorporate that now into the DC continuity. And I'm like, you might want to pump your brakes is on it, this. I haven't, now I haven't seen this. Is it? drawn like the original no, cartoon it is not at all drawn like the original cartoon it's it's almost 
like a hyper realistic. At least when I was reading it, it, it was no, not at all. Huh. Comedy, supposedly, it was oh, very man. dark, dark comedy, extremely all dark. Right. Uh, I, I not know. interested. Uh, I I had to give it a try, and I did. The end. Um, Sean Murphy, Batman. Now I have been reading Sean Murphy's run on Batman called Batman White Knight. And I became a fan of his a long time ago, most recently The Wake and Tokyo Ghost, and he got a run at Batman, which, you know, how can you not want to try this out? And he's, he's wrapped that up. I haven't gotten a chance to finish reading it, but he's keen on the idea that he could set up his own bat line separate from the main continuity. <clears throat> and I saw an interview, I read an interview with Chris Arendt, who is the editor over at Newsarama, and he explained that DC for, informally calls his the Murphyverse, and if he wants to, he wants to do a sequel to set up his own rules in White Knight. Here are the promises he is going to make. In a, twi- in, in a tweet, he said, when someone dies, they stay dead, period. Every book comes out on time. No narration balloons unless it's a voiceover and a flashback. No excessive amounts of variance to burden comic shops or its readers. At most, there will be two main uh, for variant covers. Uh, f- just to keep, you know, f- one for the super passionate collector. There will be at least one awesome vehicle in each book. No complicated tie-ins to other series. Yay! Uh, and it will be get easy to get into whether you read comics or not. If you haven't read White Knight for Batman, it's some really interesting stuff. Oh, I have it. See, it's- now, what you just described interests me because not being in the game, so to speak... Not having to deal with tie-ins is a big deal to me. It's like a if huge I, deal if, to us. Yeah, if I can focus on just that one book and it's its own universe, great. The, I'm interested. I'll definitely check that out. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I'll, well, float it your way. Phil? Yeah, um, so as always, Marvel cancels books, uncancels books, cancels books, uncancels books. Um, but there was a weird announcement that I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Um, recently the Iceman, uh, solo book was canceled. It was focusing on... Iceman from Top Gun, right? No. Um, as in Bobby, I am now gay, the Iceman from the X-Men. Um, and it was a lot dealing with, like, his sexuality and, like, dating guys and trying to figure out how to be a mutant, whatever. Um, and it got canceled. I don't think it was a super surprise that it was. And the new Wasp, the Unstoppable Wasp. And they just announced that they're bringing both books back, which... I, I don't I don't know what the game plan is there. The Wasp makes sense with Ant Man and Wasp coming out, regardless if it's Janet or not. Um, I'm not sure about Iceman. I I, I don't know. Um, the few issues I read were not great. Uh, it had nothing to do with I, I. It did have something to do with the fact that it was about him dating, but it wasn't because he was gay. I think there's just too much of a focus on it, and it, it kind of took away from the the overall mutant thing and like the interactions between the young Iceman and the older Iceman and like him basically putting the older one out saying like, you're obviously gay if I'm gay. And there were lots of weird things in there that just felt almost forced. Um, and, and I don't know. I don't how, know. How are they, where do you get this team up from? You know what I'm saying? Where did, do they have like history of being friends? Oh no, it's not a team up. They're, they're separate books. Oh, they're separate books. I thought it was Iceman and the Wasp. See now, see, I, I created a new book. Wouldn't that be great? I mean, it could work (laughs) there. If you go with the young Iceman, they're generally around the same age range. It would work out. You're not wrong, Tim. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, interesting things going on in comics. Have you heard that all these new companies trying to dip their fingers into the comic book world? 
Uh, yes, I have. Yeah. So first and foremost, actually came out last week, was Netflix's for next Netflix. It, I don't know. It's a streaming service yeah, delivers yeah, the media, media content um, so directly to you. Released its first uh, comic written by Mark Miller uh, called Millar 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 Miller. Um, the Magic Order uh, is a partnership with Netflix, and it came out through Image. Uh, I'm actually hearing good things about it. They're I have saying, it on my pull list. That was interesting. Yeah they're, yeah, they're saying it's something along the lines of adult Harry Potter. But right. you hear that We've a lot. have heard that. So you're right. Phil. You hear that with like the Dresden Files and stuff as well, and it's just not... I don't know. We'll see. So it's a, it's an actual physical comic book because when I first heard There's this, I'm like, issues, so yeah. what am I going to do? Like uh, sit here on Netflix and like scroll through? Like, see, I, I can't. I'm not understanding if it's actually going to be just a a comic book that is kind of backed financially through Netflix, or if it's a partnership in the sense that they're going to release a comic and then a show afterward. I think. This- I, Pretty safe bet. There. There's a safe bet. If there's any sort of success on this thing, exactly. And I mean, like I said, it's it's supposedly reading well. Hey, that thing could drop tomorrow, knowing Netflix. That's true. Also, our not so friendly neighborhood gaming store, GameStop, is going to start carrying comics on those old, like spinny spindle things that from our childhood. <laughs> well, they Stop. have to do something, don't they? They do. And and Why, are would, they hurting? No. Yeah, they? yeah they're uh, oh, yeah, they're, they're in, in bad big shape. Trouble. They're, yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Well, when well, you're think about when they're eventually when you know you're not games aren't going to be on physical media mm-hmm. for much longer. That's a good point. I will say. So they've gone way retro. Yeah, I mean, out of the games that I buy, I would say sixty-five to seventy percent are digital at this point. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I still like a physical copy. I do too, but. When they're on sale all the time mm-hmm. digitally, it's hard to argue that. And GameStop's being hurt immensely by this. And a lot of people are getting a little wise to, hey, I bought the $60 game. You'll give me $8 for it and then sell it for 45 <laughs> I can only give you $5 for this Action Comics number one. I'll give you a $10 yeah. trade-in. So um, I'm not sure. I, I wasn't. Once again, Tim, you're not wrong. Yeah. I, I looked into it a little bit, and I didn't see if they're actually going to take comic book trades or not. Or if they're just going mm. to be doing newer comics, but again, that is a hole that they're going to dig themselves into. Um, to quote uh, John at Carolyn Johns, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> so it, it's it's not the best. So Carolyn Johns, they're going to start selling games, right? Right, yeah, guys. Right. No, they're they're good with what they're doing. No. So yeah, That's GameStop funny. is uh, is doing comics, which blows my mind. I don't even walk into GameStop. I walked in for the first time in a long time. Yesterday, I was waiting to go to a movie, mm-hmm. and I was not impressed. I mean, I we go to it for used games. Um, it's still a cheap way to go. If mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, a, a lot of times I look on Amazon, and... And there's the problem, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, but it's funny. I um, I did that just re- a couple months ago. I went over to GameStop, dropped by, wanted to get uh, NHL 18, and they okay. still had it for full price, even they're like... Off uh, where they had one open, it was only like five dollars cheaper. Oh yeah. yeah, I found it on Amazon a week later for like twenty five dollars. I'm like, okay, they're yeah. totally I'll, I'll, from I'll go on my phone right when I'm in the store. Exactly, and you see just people to doing check. that. Yeah, sometimes a lot. It's for my son. He wants to get it, and mm-hmm. like he has. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I can order right now. If you can wait like a day or two, exactly. I can save you ten bucks. And, and that's the issue, right? Is that we're at the point now that there are so many services that will deliver so quickly to our home. Yep. I can wait another two days if it's going to save me $20 on a game. Absolutely. It just, it just happened to me where I bought something and I was able to get it 
on Amazon. Uh, the new Mario Tennis that's coming out on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you pre-order, I'm excited. If that you pre-order really through fun. through Amazon, twenty percent off to begin yep. with. And I have an Amazon credit card, so I had Amazon money sitting yes. there. I got the game for ten dollars, and it's brand new. So it, it's that thing like. GameStop's in trouble, and they think this is going to dig them out because comic books are the new craze, right? <laughs> That's how I got Horizon Zero done. Just finished that, by the way. Yeah? Yeah. And? Oh, so great. Right? Did you do the <laughs> so, DLC or just the main game? Uh, I, I, you mean the, what is it, the Frozen mm-hmm. Wilds? I haven't done that yet. I, I, I finished the main campaign. Yeah. And I actually still wanted to go around and do some of the side exactly, missions. Like, right? uh, like uh, you were right on the money when we were at Carolyn John's. The whole reason I finished that game is because I have to get my skills dusted off for Red Dead Redemption mm-hmm. 2. When is the release on that? October. It's October? Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, but man, wasn't Horizon be... worth the time? Yes, absolutely. Such oh, it was so game. awesome. You know what it makes me want? What? An open-world Jurassic Park game. Because that's essentially, if you think about it, kind of what it was. But could you imagine that? Mm-hmm. How cool that would be? You're just driving around in that Jeep. You know? <laughs> Come on, man. They failed at those Jurassic but, Park games. Well, yeah, I know. But you know what also made me want? Because you're doing a lot of artifact hunting. Yeah. Open-world Indiana Jones. I was oh. just telling my son this the other day i go where is my indiana jones game where is it it's called uncharted and you love it i i, I do that's true. and i'm like but you can you can do it now but how Tomb awesome raiders back you know come on indiana open jones. world indiana jones yeah. listen it's already halfway done it's called uh red dead redemption you just need to you know because that took place in the late 1800s mm-hmm. i mean indiana jones is only about 40 years later come on now. yeah <laughs> it's not that hard uh, i'm sold he, he rides a horse uh, parts of those movies is right there. Guy has a cowboy hat. That's easily becomes a fedora. Come on, man. This is ready to go. <laughs> are um, you are you listening, <laughs> Lucas? Well, not Lucas and Disney. Yeah, not a, well, <laughs> well, well. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, I don't know. It'll probably well, EA. It'll be Electronic to Arts at this point. Oh God, I can't give EA any more money. <laughs> I just can't do it. I can't. Oh well, talking about things that at some point had Han Solo <laughs> in them, yes. Tim. Now, can I say? I actually put this on your timeline, Tim. I, I wanted to talk about this. I knew you would. Yeah. And I heard I wanted this to be an organic reaction. Uh huh. Have you read any of what this Not is? Not a I thing. stayed away because I'm like, I want to see what I want to see what Tim has to say about. It's this. funny. I was about. I was. I went in to put it on the timeline, and you had already put it on. And I'm like, oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, so please, Tim. That's, that's, the story is. Yes. Um, during an interview for James Cameron's story of science fiction, which is excellent, by the way, I, I watched wanted, a few episodes. I forgot all about it. I gotta check it out. Mm-hmm. It's got, really good. I hope the I, interview with Spielberg is awesome. Is it? It is so great. Do they have him online? They got him uh, online still because sure. it's so new. Usually, I, I'll check it out. I, I have to see it. But um, George Lucas talked a little about what Star Wars episodes seven through nine. Would have explored had he oh not boy. sold the franchise oh, to I Disney. Oh, I know this is going to be bad. I just know it. <laughs> it's gonna ready? Make, it's going to make me like the last time. <laughs> Buckle up. Uh, he, <laughs> he said, quote, The next three Star Wars films were going to get into a microbiotic world. There's this world of creatures that operate differently than we do. I call them the wills. And the wills are the ones who actually control the universe. They feed off the force. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh, my God. This... I, holy crap. <laughs> Metachlorians? Oh, hold on. There's wow. more. Okay, keep... Uh, stew on that a little bit. Now, oh, my God. Now listen to this. this was... he, he also said that the characters 
in Star Wars were vehicles for the wills to travel around in. And the conduit is the midi-chlorians. The midi-chlorians are the ones that communicate with the wills. No. The wills, in a general sense, they are the force. Well, this would be a moment where we could very easily lose the family-friendly podcast label we work so hard to gain. <laughs> oh, my God. He, just let me say one before you read I'll just say one more thing. And he, he, he went on to say, he goes, um, quote, Of course, a lot of the fans would have hated it, just like they hated uh, the Phantom Menace and everything. Oh, we would have loved those. <laughs> but at least <laughs> the whole story from beginning to end would have been told. Now, this feels to me like one of our ridiculous comic book yeah. trivias. Like, 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 if you have three other ones... Like, okay, holy crap. Now, this after, is for real? Wait, this is for real. Now, after hearing this, <laughs> I have to wonder. The Last Jedi was so good. I have to wonder. Wow, man. Well, I, ha- I have to wonder, <laughs> how did we get that original trilogy? How? When you see what the man. prequels were and what he had planned for the sequels, how did you get that gem in the middle there? Wow. <laughs> I, I am struggling to find words. Um, I'm gobsmacked right now. Maybe I, because his hands were tied financially for those first couple films, and he had to dumb them down so much that they ended up being something beautiful. Uh, so, so well, what, hasn't it been forever? We, we like. I guess the editor of the original film is the like the unsung hero of the Star Wars universe I've heard because that. like his his final cut was such a mess. I mean, I mean. I feel like, okay, I was about to say I feel like George Lucas gets crapped on because he gave $4 billion to education, but then he says things like this, and you're like, man, <laughs> I mean, well, I, you know what, we're all those Star Wars defenders, like the apologists, defend this, okay? So what it is, the, like the Millennium Falcon, like, shrink down to micro size and travel through Luke? <laughs> yeah, it's this amazing <laughs> voyage of all the, of a sudden? Right. Oh, I my mean, boy, goodness. That'd be incredible. Wow. Boy, we got off easy. Wow. Even with the prequel trilogy, we got off easy now. Thank God he sold it. I mean... Yeah, that, I mean, yeah. that would kill it. That would be the end. Yes, right? That, there would, be no, there would be no recovering from something like this. Agreed. I, I think it really would. I think it would have destroyed it. The will, as in your will? Now, the original <laughs> title, and this, this comes from uh, when, I, when I read that excellent original, when Dark Horse did the, right before they lost the license, I can't think of the name of it, but it was The Star Wars, mm-hmm. where they took the original shooting script and they produced it into a comic, and the original title was, there was some, the Journal of the Wills yeah, was part of and, the title, right? Yes, and it is. It's W-H-I-L-L-S. And you're right, in that I do remember that from like the original screenplay, so he's wow, trying man. to tie that all together. So the movie itself was... We were going to be like meeting cells talking to each other? I guess. Like, oh, is this just a plot point? Wasn't or? there a movie like Osmosis Jones or yes. something? Yes, like Osmosis <laughs> Chris Rock. Osmosis Jones. <laughs> no, Chris Rock was going to be in it. It might not be yeah. so bad. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That, that's horrifying, Tim. Horrifying. Well, I And fascinating, I think. <laughs> Listen, Dark Horse, like I just said, did that awesome, I think it was yeah. an eight-issue series. Feel free to not do this. Does this, by the way, does this? Oh, no, you know what? Do it. Because I have some sort of morbid fascination as to what kind of train wreck this thing would actually be. What else do you need to know? I mean, that to me, that's more than I want to know. Do the wills fall in love? Is that what makes the force power stronger? (laughs) Is that what the dark side is? Man. Oh, Lord. Now, does this 
change your... Uh, how do you feel now about The Last Jedi after hearing about this? Solo was really good. Uh, <laughs> I enjoyed it. Solo was very good. You can't, I can't get over the Luke Skywalker thing, Tim. I just can't. I know. Either can I. I I'm, I mean, I'm with you on that. <laughs> Although, if you're giving me the choice, yeah. I will happily go The Last Jedi route. I agree. I agree. Now, how about... Let's try for something a little more positive in the Star Wars universe. This is not going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. This bar is easy to walk over. Y- exactly. At this point. It's right on the ground. Um, we learned that the oh, uh, timeline for John uh, Favreau's live action Star Wars has been revealed. Now, it was originally reported that it was going to take place seven years after the Battle of Endor. I'm sorry, time out. How do you feel if you're on the other end of that interview and you're like, you were going to do what? <laughs> Why? What do you mean? No, like you're, you're sitting here, you're James Cameron, and you're listening to George Lucas talk about... Oh, we're going, we're going back to the other thing. All you're right, like, yeah, you're listening ahead. to George Lucas talk about or oh, it was going to be taking place at a micro-molecular level, and you're like, oh my You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because James Cameron, it was just a transcript because this wasn't part of the actual interview that aired. Okay. They, they had like a companion. I guess they're having a companion book to this television series. And this was stuff that like didn't make it in the series. And James Cameron just kind of said to the extent, you know, about the force, like you made a religion. Kind of like telling him, to me it was like he was making the point that you're going all scientific now into this something where you, hmm. you you created something spiritual. So he got it. And yeah. He knew right away. I was like, whoa, dude. Yeah. I could I, tell he got it without insulting George or really getting into him about Forgive it. me if this is redundant, but Tim, I have to know when you read this, what was your reaction? Oh, my. <laughs> it was. I wanted disbelief in. Because. Honestly, I was interested after seeing these uh, sequels. I was like, man, now I really kind of want to know what George wanted yeah, to do. I, was, I think a lot of us were like that. And, we we kind of saw the prequel, yeah. the sequel trilogy kind of, oh, or just really and, retreading and I thought everything. To my, and I thought to myself, he would know how to handle Luke. And yeah. then, I, then I read this, I'm like, mm, maybe he doesn't. <laughs> You know, so yeah, I w- it was shock. Boy, oh it was shock. Yeah, man. But but going, <laughs> it'd be a lot easier to build Star Wars Land at Disney though. <laughs> it's true. It's like real tiny. It's like a little it. flea circus. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is this? A Star Wars Land for ants? But um, to quote Zoolander. But um, <laughs> the uh, going back to the um, timeline for uh, John Favreau's live action Star Wars because I need. More, I need Man. positive Star Wars. Sorry, I, I, th- that's fine. I get it because it's shock. You may come back to it maybe 15, 20 minutes from now. You may have some Wake more up thoughts. Wake up in the middle of night screaming. <sighs> yes. Um, like I said, they originally reported it was going to take place seven years after the Battle of Endor, but a video interview with uh, Favreau revealed that he said it takes place seven years after the Battle of Yavin, which puts it about three years after Return of the Jedi, and according to some nerd sources that I checked out, it also places it after the Battle of Jakku. So um, that, so it's not far after Return of the Jedi, but so it's kind of like, it sounds like it's going to bridge that gap from the end of the Empire to the rise of the First Order. You going to check it out? Oh, most definitely, yeah. I'm interested. John Favreau, um, things that I've seen from him, 
have been decent. Swingers. So, and mm-hmm. they asked him about. I, I remember I seen in an er- interview um, how it was coming along, and that, and he said I actually wrote four uh, episodes already. He goes, he goes. Actually, I wrote four episodes before the show was given to me. He goes, I've been thinking about this since I was like a kid, and he goes, I wrote the episodes. He goes, this is how I got the show. I presented it. Hmm. Um, oh to wow! Him. So I, 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 I will am be curious. very interested. We've been teased live action Star Wars for God. It feels like twenty years now. Sure, I'll, I'll say you know Rebels was awesome. I didn't. I haven't finished it yet. I haven't seen season four. Oh, I, I haven't. I, haven't I, I don't think I have either. I think yeah. I'm like in the middle of season two. Yeah, it, I was very reluctant to check it out, but then I was convinced by my friend Greg to do it, and I was so happy. It gets did. better and better, it and sure I'm does. looking forward to. It's funny because we got rid of Disney XD before season four came out. So I have to, yeah, I'm waiting for it to like either drop on Netflix or I get the DVDs from the library or something, yeah, but they haven't it, been released. It was really fun. Yeah. And I, you know, the other thing is the bad taste that the original animated series, the, uh, what was it? The Clone Wars? Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, it wasn't great. I didn't even mean it. It wasn't, it wasn't Well, remember good. we watched that stupid movie that launched it? Oh, that, yeah. The and then was the, rough. The show was better then, than the movie. And yeah. then I watched like the first two episodes of the show. I'm like, I don't know. See, my son Ethan loved the Clone Wars TV show. He said it was really good. He's trying to get me to watch it. Now now you're making me apprehensive. Well, just <laughs> if you go watch and you know, just you don't like it, just think what we almost got. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Continuing on, uh, Cobra Kai gets a season two. Now, I hope our friend Dan is listening. Oh, Dan. Remember Dan? He was pumped about Cobra Dan Kai. Dan was super cool. It was a guy who just kind of came okay. and, you know, chatted with us during the podcast at uh, Free Comic Book Day at Carolyn John's Midnight Release Party. He's just, he's just this super cool guy. He was really enthusiastic about Cobra Kai. And uh, that day, I had just watched the first episode, and I'm like, oh, my God, this is awesome. So, Dan, if you don't know this already... First of all, thanks for listening, and I will let you know that Cobra Kai is getting a season two. Now, I'm going to contend that Cobra Kai, the YouTube-read original follow-up to the 1984 classic The Karate Kid, is the biggest surprise in television and film for 2018. When we first heard the initial concept, it seemed unnecessary, to put it mildly. Um, Then we heard that most of the original actors would return in some form. We logically assumed cameos as they introduced a new generation and insert assumptions for countless derivative derivations or perhaps more accurately cliches. Then we heard that the story would follow Johnny Lawrence, the heavy from the original movie, which to me was like, okay, that's something I wasn't expecting. Then the trailer hit, and I think we all sort of looked and went, that thing actually looks pretty good. (laughs) I mean... I think we all sort of got a little bit curious about this thing. Then the show debuted, and I can't find the superlatives to describe how terrific it is. It has an 80s vibe, teeters on simultaneous redemption and revenge tales for both the characters. And one moment, Johnny seems like he's going for revenge. No, wait, it's a redemption tale. Oh, wait, here's Daniel. He's looking for redemption. No, no, he's out for revenge. It's like it kind of like balances that back and forth. Um, <coughs> both Daniel and Johnny are sympathetic characters in one scene, and they're both bullies in the next. Yet somehow you understand both perspectives. This is exemplified in the first episode. And to avoid spoilers as much as possible, Daniel appears to be set up as the bully with the arc centered around Johnny's redemption tale. But then in episode two, you get Daniel's perspective and completely understand where he's coming from. The family dynamics were very 80s level convenient. But they somehow work. I don't know. It's If you haven't gotten too far along in it, I don't want to ruin it, but there's some weird stuff that goes on. 
Have you watched the whole thing? I uh, all all of it. Front How many episodes? I who watch you nothing. I think it's ten. Okay. I who watch nothing. I managed to get all the way through hmm. this. Um, you feel the absence of Miyagi. Oh yeah. You really do, and it, they and they hit you with it at some extremely important story intervals. And as our friend Dan actually actually pointed out to me, which I hadn't gotten far enough along to realize, Johnny is Miyagi in this version. Okay. He ends up occupying the Miyagi role. Um, which is a, a master stroke of misdirection. Or uh, redirection is probably more appropriate. We and many more first scoffed at the idea that the show existed, probably approached it with a level of smugness in a sort of, hey, check out that car wreck kind of a way. But once you realize that the foundation is that first movie, a movie that holds up extraordinarily well, by the way, and the spirit of the original is ever-present, you sort of surrender to it. Strike hard, strike first, no mercy! <laughs> it's hard to believe that there's going to be much more to tell here. It felt like it should be a one-off affair. Uh, it felt like it wrapped up pretty good. Yeah, but now comes word that Cobra Kai outperformed all streaming competition on Hulu and Netflix, amongst other streaming peripherals. Get out of here. All of it. It, it beat everything, including the other big reboot, Lost in Space. Um, this, you know, it's, it's keep talking about these reboots when they're not really reboots, they're revivals. Like Lost yeah. in Space is a reboot. Cobra Kai was a revival. Um, so season two is inevitable and is going to occur sometime in 2019. Much like my approach to season one, I have to check this out. Hmm. And that ending. Wait till you get to the ending. <laughs> it is Avengers uh, extra scene level awesome. It is like the, the ending. You, you almost know what's coming, but then when it arrives, you're so happy it's there. Elizabeth uh, Shue. No, but they, oh. she, they, they talk about her. Oh. They both go to a bar and get drunk together and end up talking about her. It's pretty funny. Okay. Um, um, it's not altogether unpredictable, but it's extraordinarily well executed. Huh. Um, you got to check this out. Um, so uh, continuing... Uh, while we were away, I found that uh, some news out of Rocksteady and their Superman game, their long in development Superman game, uh, was not announced at E3 like <laughs> nope. everyone was <laughs> was assuming it would be. Rumors persist that Rocksteady is developing an open world Superman game that will be three times larger than Arkham Knight. Rocksteady skipped E3 earlier this month, so nothing was confirmed, but other rumors indicated only semi-destructible environments with Superman abilities being more akin to the animated series, which dulls down his powers significantly. You have to. But I, I thought you were going to come and confirm that it was no. actually coming, because, I, boy, that would be something. But the, it's... Um, I understand why they're, like, people are freaking out about only semi-destructible environments. Like, then you're going to have... You, uh, just knowing what I know about developing video games, you'd have to have a much smaller area. Like, I don't need to see a giant building... Collapse every time I, I run into it, and he, and he wouldn't do that. No, if you, if you, he would stop it from happening. If you create the character properly, if you're not in the DC cinematic universe, <laughs> yes, yes. But that man, I hope they, I hope that's what they're doing. I hope they're making that game because so if too. anyone can do it right, I, I mean, I'm, I'm <clears throat> thinking that those guys can do it. But because they're really, has there, what's been the best Superman? Video game. There isn't. There was. Um, I, I tell you, it was they. Or no, go ahead. You go ahead. There was a PlayStation game. I was a PlayStation Two, and it was based on the animated series. Yes, that's the one. It was pretty good. It was not bad. I, it wasn't so bad. I mean, you actually did fly around the city. Yeah. Um, you you 
And that was, there was only one level, though. And then most of the other time, you were sort of like in these alien environments and giant robots and stuff. But it was pretty good. I played that entire game through. Mm-hmm. It was it was an enjoyable game. I was as far as super. It definitely there's no perfect Superman game, no, but no. that one was pretty well done. But yeah, if they can, man, if they could get a Superman game right, ugh. I don't know how. It's so hard. He's so powerful. Well, there's that No Man's Sky game that came out like yeah, last year. It was a total flop, yeah. but I felt like they were on to something. Mm-hmm. It, it, like that could have so? been like, well, that, okay, so you were supposed con- to explore worlds and you can like, you go up into space and. Are you saying Superman should do this? Be able to fly to world Heck upon yeah, world? Why wouldn't you? I mean, you're Superman. But that concept has been picked up already with uh, Starlink. Oh, really? Is, yeah. Which is another game that's coming out that looks very similar to. Uh, no Man's Sky, but with more action mm. built in. So that looks kind of cool. Hey, here's hoping. Say, Speaking of Yeah, we're talking video. E3. So of a game that has not been confirmed to a game that is knocking on your doorstep. Oh, yes, oh September 7th, Spider-Man on the PS4 is coming out. Now, the reason I wanted to talk about this, other than I think the release date dropped after we recorded last as a whole, Um and I think it's funny that you're talking about that Superman game, because even if I think if they were far enough with production, it'd be smart for them to pump the brakes because of this big game coming out. True. And right. having an open world superhero game, you don't really want to coming out at the exact same time regardless. And the first demo finally dropped for this during E3. And I thought it wasn't going to have a demo. It has a demo. Oh, yeah. It has a playable demo that they On PS, can you download PS4. it? I cannot yet. No, but oh. th- there's videos of rumor, it. Rumor has that it is going to drop here in like a month, that they'll have a playable demo for us on the PS4. Did but you watch the videos of it? I, I refused to watch the whole thing. I watched it. Uh, I did. I watched little <laughs> parts of it. I watched some of the city uh, web-slinging. You know what got me was when he did started swinging... Mm-hmm. And he swung backwards. Yeah, with one hand. Yeah, yeah. That got that <laughs> was like I was like, oh, I'm so well. In. I mean, conceptually, what it is is you shoot one web and it sticks, and you hold on to it and you go with momentum to wherever that web would take you before you attach another web, in your control. You wow. are completely in control of it. Literally, everybody who played the game that I've I've watched interviews with have said, "Remember Spider Man Two and how much we loved that thing." This blows it out of the water. That's so long ago, you'd hope, right? Well, that's the thing, though. The swinging in a Spider-Man game has never felt as good as that. And they said, this is hands down the best. And it's got a faster Arkham feel fight system to it. It looked, from someone who watched everything that I could Mm -hmm. get my hands on from this, it looks, pun intended, amazing. And, I mean, having Mr. Negative as at least the initial... Mm -hmm lead villain i'm not familiar with him that's the point they're not using your green okay. goblin they're not using your carnage so or, i get it or doc ock yeah they're using somebody who have you seen the things about some of the villains that are going to be in? no i'm i'm telling you i won't tell i you. heard i heard legitimately good game best spider-man game probably ever made realistically this is what's coming out and there's been some good ones yeah this yeah. is so, spider-man is not suffering from no. like superman is but right. they, but they've all started feeling the same over the years. I loved Spider-Man 2, but Spider-Man when you had great. a boss battle, those camera angles, ugh. Yeah. So, they killed hearing me. all the positive things, I'm one of those people that hates things, that's why I don't watch trailers, unless I'm in the theater. I hate having things ruined for me, and it's one of those games I already have pre-ordered. Yeah. So, 
I know I'm going to play it. It's up for pre-order? Oh, yeah. Last time I checked, it wasn't up for Not pre-order. on Amazon. It is on uh, the PlayStation. Oh, I'm, and I, and I, I, I got to get Amazon. I, I got to get that 20%. <laughs> I, I honestly don't even care for this one. I know. I, uh, I understand. Because I want the digital thing, and I know I'll never get rid of the game. Right. So, uh, But, yeah, we are only a couple months oh, out from it. Gosh. And I am beyond excited. And, I mean, E3 as a whole was just kind of full of games that I, I've been waiting for. Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Smash Brothers. I don't know if you're a Smash Brothers person. No, I'm not. My, they, my son is. They announced the new Smash Brothers officially, the release date, which is the beginning of December, and that it is going to have every single character that has ever been in a Smash Brothers game. Wow. That is 60-plus fighters for that game. I uh, saw the one I... I love The Last of Us, and they showed... Oh, Last of Us 2. They, I did watch that did demo. Did you watch that demo? When is Holy. that coming out? Holy... I think November. I, I, I played that game. It not release date yet, did it? I'm pretty sure it does. Oh, I, I man. thought it was November. And the... Ooh. The action, it looks so cinematic. Like, the way they... It seems like they found a way to seamlessly go from a cinematic into gameplay. The concern that I heard from people, especially people that didn't play the first one, was how much of those interactions are scripted. Sure. Versus like in the in the demo we saw, she was like fighting in that little area and she could cut through the bookcases yes. and ran up. How much of that was scripted and how much of that was gameplay? But I mean, after playing the first one and seeing how far games have come, I don't know how much of that was scripted. I think that could have been legitimate gameplay. I believe, I think it goes to the point, if you're going to cut through that bookcase, you're going to get that cinematic. If you're going to cut through another area, you're going to get a different, flawless, seamless Which is cinematic. very possible. And, oh, it is gorgeous. Oh, man. It, it, is, it is on my short list of anticipating In games. The non-player characters, mm-hmm. like they're calling each other by name. In that, it seems to add like a... Uh, added level like there's it, uh, more than just okay here come the randomly generated but I mean uh, if you remember the f- in the first one it was the same way I just replayed that I just finished it That's a couple days so ago good. It no so good no concrete release date uh, late That's 2018 thought, early really? 2019 yeah so I didn't okay. think there was a I thought I heard yet. November but mm-hmm. um, what it, make no. it November do you hear me <laughs> no no, <laughs> no. You, it, can, it can wait I, mean, I need it to wait because I'll still be playing Spider Man. Spider Man, Red Dead Redemption. I'm not going to be done with it either one of no, those. No, 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 no. Oh man, so yeah, so Spider Man, concrete date, and uh, Dragon Quest comes out that same day. What's so Dragon Quest? It's just a big JRPG. It's the eleventh one that is coming out. Oh wow! It's just big and it's supposed to be amazing. And that's the problem is I don't have enough time to play so video games good. anymore. Spider Man will be the thing I buy. Just and I'll just play it until I beat it, and then I'll pick something else. Up. So although The Last of Us does not have a concrete release date, we know something yeah, that does. Luke Cage <laughs> season two comes out this Friday. Yep, I am hearing from early reviews that it is not good. I have heard the same thing. It is suffering immensely without having cotton mouth in it. It's funny because I remember when watching season one, I thought that season one. Um, when Cottonmouth mm-hmm. was out of the yeah. about, about midway, he's done in the series, and I thought the series took a nosedive at that point. I'm, I, that was my personal I, feeling. I, I felt like it went okay because we got like the backstory and whatnot of Luke, uh-huh. but 
I don't know what else they can do. I, I'm currently, I'm, I'm always behind on the Marvel shows anymore. I gotcha. Um, but I'm about halfway through Jessica Jones season two right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that bad boy took four episodes to really start being even interesting. Yeah, it was Jessica Jones and it was just as I suspected. Jessica Jones season one was so, so phenomenal. Yeah. You, there was no way possible to top it and they didn't. The season two was good. It was fine. But like it, I said, it's picked up. Like, I want to finish it for yeah, sure. And you should. But, I mean, following Punisher, that was oh hard. Oh, my gosh. Punisher was so good. Punisher was great. Was, was it good? Oh. Yeah, Punisher was great. It was the best the best representation of Punisher I've ever, 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 yep. ever seen. How hard was that? <laughs> I, but I'm talking hands down, even blew out of the water when he was introduced in Daredevil. Like, the show oh. is good. And it's probably one of the most violent Oh yeah, well, like you re- realistically that violent in, things right? I've ever seen. There was near the end of that series. There were, there were yeah, there were, for I was sure. literally cringing watching. Some yeah, of I stuff. covered my face. Yeah, at one point because <laughs> it was <laughs> bad. It was make bad. It stop. Make yeah, it stop. I was like, oh no, I can hear everything that's happening right now. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, Luke Cage. Yeah, uh, I will watch maybe, it cautiously. Maybe it's good going in with low expectations. Maybe I'll enjoy it more. Perhaps because that tends to happen. Yeah. But that didn't work with Iron Fist. I'll watch, so I watched I every other one. I'll I'll go that's in true. And, and gut through if this. I, if I made it through Iron Fist and Defenders, <laughs> yeah, I can get through this. Yeah, you get through Iron Fist. You can get oh, through anything. Boy, all right. I'll so go. I tapped out at the right time. Woo, but you missed Punisher. No, and you missed no. Jessica Jones. Yeah. You you missed you literally dropped out. You have not seen the two best out yeah, of that they never saw Jessica, Jessica Jones, Jones right? is nope. You shouldn't have skipped that. Yeah. You should not have Punisher. skipped that. Yeah, Jessica Jones above anything else. I'm glad Incredible. you're in this you're in the same boat as me. Like yeah. there's a very clear cut group <sighs> of people that are very much in the Daredevil. I love Daredevil, field, which but, I did too. But but Jessica Jones was just something that was so different and so so yep. good. And I mean, it was my favorite. But I mean, I also have yeah. people that say that Luke Cage was their favorite. Um, but I, I think those first seasons came in very strong, other than Iron Fist. Yeah. So maybe Iron Fist season two will be fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, no, <laughs> I hope it is. I is hope that guy it is. still is that guy still playing Iron Fist? Yeah, he did a little <laughs> bit better in Defenders. No, he didn't. A little bit. A little bit. A little bit. All right, anyway, uh, other things in Marvel Cinematic News. Something that is a fairly recent uh, rumor. I'm stating very clearly this is a rumor. From where? Uh, from a mul- I mean, multiple places throughout the right, So this is making, making the rounds. Yeah, it's making the rounds. Um, that after Avengers 4, we know Avengers 4 is the reset for everybody who saw Infinity War, Avengers 4 is the reset. Um, we're going to get a new flow into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Some of the heroes that existed previously may not be around anymore, be it from death or for retirement. Um, actually, one of the biggest rumors is that Avengers 5 is going to be a mostly female Avengers cast. So, that said, one of the rumors that is floating out is that we are going to get a Hawkeye movie. And not just Hawkeye is in Clint Barton, the Hawkeye that we've been seeing, but a Kate Bishop Hawkeye. Oh, so he wouldn't even... He'd be in it. Uh, now, are we thinking it might be the David Aja run? I th- I had... No, because Kate Bishop was very, very established by that um, that run that you were talking about. Yeah. What was the first one you gave me? No, was that was that was the that was the one that dropped right after the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the David David Aja. It was amazing. No, amazing. Um, but that 
the idea of a Hawkeye movie, if they do it right, could be so good. Yeah, especially if they go that route. If with they it. go that route with oh, it, I don't but think they would. I don't either. It needs to be bigger, especially if they're going to go the Kate Bishop route. Yeah, they have to introduce her, and I mean, True. she was already an established character for me in a Young Avenger and whatnot to begin with. Um, that, so that sounds great, but how can they be talking about that when there's no Black Widow movie? That's what kills me. No. Because I, I think that there was a concern with Black Widow, honestly, that if they were to make a good Black Widow movie, it was going to have to be a rated R movie. Uh, fair enough. And this was pre-Deadpool, sure. pre-Logan. That's a good point. Um, which now, now a rated R movie based on comic books is, is perfectly realistic, but you'd also be pulling out of the MCU. And I think that's difficult. Yeah. Granted, our MCU TV shows are the Netflix shows, which are not for kids. So I, I don't know. But I think it's also that they got Scarlett Johansson to play her, and she's real busy. So I don't know if she necessarily had the time for it, or they just couldn't find a good story for her. Yes, they could have done the Red Room thing. They could have done a jump into the past to show her trained as a Russian spy, but I just don't think it would have been that great. Yeah. And I think that was a good call on their part to go, you know what? I don't think this will be that good of a movie, so let's not do it. All right, fair enough. I'll so, I don't know. But Hawkeye movie, though, does interest me. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Especially since they've underutilized the character yes. in, the, in the movies. Um, not for the fault of the movies. I think the movies are still great, but yeah. they, they have. They've underutilized Clint. He's gotten and, lost in the shuffle. Yeah, for sure. Well, on uh, some sadder notes, uh, R.I.P. Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder is the definitive on-screen Lois Lane, hands down. Her unheralded, nuanced performance as Lois Lane in Superman the movie was quite ahead of its time for 1978. Sure, she did play the damsel in distress at times, but her no-nonsense, hired-boiled portrayal of Lois Lane, the journalist, was ahead of its time. Plus, she had at least as much to do with keeping the illusion of the Clark Kent disguise as Christopher Reeve in that she was never paying attention to him when he speaks to her. I've spoken about that a number of times in the podcast. Uh, R.I.P. Atari co-founder Ted Dabney. Dabney, a U.S. Marine and electrical engineer, programmed the first ever commercially available video game called Computer Space. The game was released in 1971. It was an abject failure. Dabney, along with his computer space programming partner, Nolan Bushnell, who is more widely known as a, an Atari creator, created Pong several months later. Dabney was also responsible for much of the early work on cabinet machines and instrumental in the development of sound effects for which early for for which early arcade games we are so fondly linked to, such as the Star Wars vector graphics game, Tim. Any person identifying as a gamer should pour one out for Mr. Dabney, whose pioneering work is immortalized in every beep for classic games and explosion for t contemporary games. And this one hit me, and I'll admit it hit me. R.I.P. Anthony Bourdain. The former celebrity chef wrote the comic Get Jiro and was a big proponent of comic book storytelling. Um, by now we know he uh, committed suicide earlier this month. He was known for his cinematic reinvention of the travel genre with the transcendent CNN show Parts Unknown. Parts was among the most gripping television shows of the past decade in the pantheon of my favorites, perhaps second only to Justified. Um, I've not spoken on it through the podcast as it didn't seem like a natural fit, even though he's a big proponent of comics, but his worldview... Uh, it's one that I feel best represents what I hope uh, mine can be someday. 
and uh, to become through uh, it, something like that through a, a travel, exploration, and self-reflection. I mean, that guy was just such a cool dude. I, I was so sad to hear this. Um, <clears throat> on a lighter note, you guys remember the show In Search Of? Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. that show? Have Leonard you Nimoy uh, used to yeah. uh, narrate it. It was such a cool show. Yeah. It, okay, do you know what we're talking about Yeah, here? I do. Yeah, In Search Of, all right, for those of you who may be unfamiliar, In Search Of was sort of like a documentary show, so In Search Of Vampires. So they would go and you know try to get to the heart of where the mythology started um, with vampires and Bigfoot and stuff, and it was narrated by Leonard Nimoy, who was such an amazing presence for that show. Well, it's coming back. Have you heard about this? No. It is coming back, and, and uh, it's, it's going to be coming back in the fall. It's going to be the same format as before, and the host, the new host of In Search Of, is Zachary Quinto, who plays <laughs> Mr. Spock <laughs> in right. the new Star Trek film. So I thought that was an excellent choice. Well played. Yeah, so I, I once I heard that, I'm like, I, I loved In Search Of, and now this is going to be great. I'm really excited for it. Tim? Yeah, no, I'm, I used to, I remember... Uh, my, my mom and my grandma would go play bingo um, and, and on the weekends, and we would go over to my grandma's house, and that was, like, what it, I think we show, saw, like, Wow Wow West and, like, Beretta mm -hmm. and In Search Of was one of those shows that was on, and uh, we would watch it. And, I, yeah, I remember the big – I was a little kid. It's some of the stuff, like you're saying, with vampires. And, it was creepy. And, yeah, it was creepy, yeah. I found some of uh, the episodes on YouTube a while back, and they, were, they, they didn't, weren't in poor condition, but my, maybe the hope is that when this comes out – uh, some of those originals will hit because uh, hmm. they would do UFOs, the Bermuda Triangle. It was really, really cool stuff. That's really neat. Tim, you got something in The Incredibles for us? You know what? The Incredibles, yeah. Did you guys see it I yet? Saw I saw it last not, night. I'm dying to see it. it what do you think? It is so good. It really it is, is, Darren. I'm so, going to see this movie. so, so good. I do get the... Uh, Here's the, the longest, things. Pixar. Yeah, it's long. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't they, feel like it, though. It... It debuted um, to 180 million, oh, setting so the good. record for the highest animation debut of all time, uh, surpassing Finding Dory's 135 million. So I mean, that's like you know 45 uh, million that it, it surpassed deservedly. So this oh, yeah. movie was fantastic. Um, it. Boy, you you would think after a fourteen year layoff, it wouldn't be as good as it was, and, or that you could connect as well. And it literally takes off from where the first movie ended. Yeah, beauty of animation. And, and oh man, boy, they it nailed was so it so good. And even with the uh, chance for uh, getting a seizure during the oh, actual yeah. movie, did you see that about? Yeah, it? I saw. Yeah, they put out the the warnings because of some strobe light scenes. It's a massive, massive strobe light. You could feel it. it, it it's funny because I remember seeing the sign before we go in the theater. I'm like, yeah, yeah all right, whatever. Yeah. That's funny. And when it when I, I don't have problems with that, but boy, I was like, you could it, feel it, right? Yeah, yeah. it was a it was a, a little jarring, but. Um, it said the film has also secured the number one debut ever for a PG rated movie, beating out last year's Beauty and the Beast and marks Pixar's seventh A plus cinema score ranking. Um, internationally, it uh, collected uh, estimated 51.5 million um, from just 26% of the additional markets. Um, so globally, it opened with a 231.5 
million dollar total. And boy, wow. did it deserve it. I want to see it again. I do too. I do too. It, it made was... me want. It, it did two things. It made me want to see it again. It made me want to watch the first one again. I watched the first one the day before. Yeah, it, it, it was great. Smart move. It was great. Really smart. Really happy. Move. Yeah. And to wrap up while we were away, and Tim, I'm really interested in getting your take on this. There's a like a whirlwind of Star Trek news has come down, and as early as we're recording here on June 18th, is that right? 19th? 19th? Yeah, June 19th. Um, and it broke today. So the news of this broke today, but I'm going to get to this stuff first. Star Trek Park, unnamed, something along those lines, coming to Universal Orlando, from a galaxy far, far away to the final frontier. Rumors have been swirling for weeks now that Universal Studios Orlando, Orlando is finalizing details on a Star Trek-themed land. This will be the venerable franchise's first appearance at the park since the closing of the Star Trek adventure in the mid-90s. While no official announcements have been made, there have been a few successful smaller attempts at this in the past. Chief among them was the Star Trek experience in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. which Phil got to check out yep. when he was a kid, and I believe you Did detailed you? such yeah. an experience on our Star Trek special from, uh, yeah. what, two summers ago? Yeah. Um, among the plans for the expansion of the Vegas attraction was a full-scale replica of the Enterprise NCC-1701A, which is the refitted original series ship featuring the Star Trek motion picture, featured in Star Trek motion picture, Wrath of Khan, Search for Spock, Voyage Home, Final Frontier, and Undiscovered Country, the original cast. Um, it should be noted that the plans to build the replica in which visitors could fully tour and even stay in the crew and captain's quarters were fully completed. Bloggers are positing that the resurrection of these plans would not be too difficult as they are owned by Universal and considered a remarkable feat in engineering for their time. Attractions experts, whom in the stories I consulted for this piece chose to remain nameless, state that to ca- the cost of building such an attraction is roughly around $200 million, which is relatively low considering what other attractions are costing, such as Star Wars and Pixar-themed worlds. In addition to the Enterprise, the land would feature other Star Trek-themed attractions, none which have been rumored, but expect something along the lines of Starfleet headquarters, cadet training, themed restaurants. Now, that wasn't the only uh, rumored land. They have uh, plans for massive expansions, including Middle Earth, Nintendo World, a fantasy land-type area, which would uh, feature Kung Fu Panda, How to Train Your Dragon, and Shrek. Cool. That's a lot that of properties. Is, that is. Oh boy. And those are heavy-hitting properties. Yes, they are. Um, what do you think of this, Tim? I If they if this comes to light, wow. Oh, my gosh, be, really? And I wonder if this is an answer to what Disney uh, announced last year at their D23 with the Star Wars land, with the Guardians of the Galaxy Coaster at Epcot and the Star Wars Hotel. I wonder if I, it makes me wonder how long this has been in the works, or if this is kind of like a reactionary thing, you know. One of the uh, I, you know, my first ever Disney World trip was only uh, three years, four mm-hmm. years ago. So I, I, I've, you know, grown to love, you know, following the news of this. And a lot of people are saying that if they manage to pull this off, where Disney likes to kind of hide, you don't really get to see stuff from the road. Right. You're going to see that Enterprise from miles right. away. How- and- <laughs> How tall would that thing I, the, be? It's, it's no, and they're like, you know, this, they said this would be probably the single most impressive, impressive centerpiece to any theme park anywhere. Oh, hey, um, uh, it, yeah. It's, if this happens, I mean, they can't it, go full scale, can they? I okay. So just thinking of it, 
it has to be the original series enterprise just just from a marketing standpoint that's the original it sort of is like it's it, it's one of those things where you think pop culture that's one of the first things that pops in your head right sure because it was one it was like one of the first right um and it's it's only that would that ship is I recall and I know I'll be corrected on this it was roughly around 400 people crew member where some people say well they could do the next generation I think that thing's like four times bigger so there's mm. no way it's that but I don't I mean I I I think what's going to happen in some form you're going to be walking on the Enterprise I don't know how I don't know if it's going to be this freestanding structure if that, it's that huge you got to be able to get in that thing oh you then why build it if you it, can't? it's funny because like. One of the things I like about Disney World is it's so closed off from yeah. the rest of the world. Right. But I got to think, if they build this, because uh, Universal doesn't have the land to hide stuff like Disney does, you would see this from everywhere. And I got to think, that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. You, you're driving, you see that, and it's going to be overwhelmingly huge. You're going to be like, okay, get we're, me, going. we're going to that thing. Yeah, and can you imagine like driving by and just seeing people walking like in the in the you know in the saucer section and like you go up to the bridge? Now I, I posit they'll probably have several bridges, so like like you said, they're gonna have several sure. cockpits, Millennium Falcon. But oh my god, that this is one of those things where this may yeah. As much as I, I love Disney World, th- this may be this may be or cause its own Florida trip. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I There's mean, I I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. But I'm enough. Star Trek Four. I'm a all right. Point well taken. One of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I I will give you that easily. Um, but you're absolutely right. There, I if they build this thing full scale, there's no way in the world that I'm not going to go see that. And Universal, I I love Disney. I Me I go. Di, I'm going in. A, I'm going in a few weeks. Um, I love Universal as well. Universal is a great park, is it? and it really yeah. is. Never they got two great. What's that? Never been to either. They're they're great. Um, they, you're you're not there yet. You will be. They're Someday. you know what? They're great without kids. Yeah, they are great. In fact, my wife and I have gone many times without kids. It's a totally different experience, and it's wondrous. Um, <laughs> it, it's 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 great with kids. It's great without kids. Um, the the you Universal is. Great, and now I hope this is answer. I almost hope this is answer to Disney because we're the ones benefiting from this, from these for wars. Sure. You know, yeah. each one trying to top the other. Yeah. Good, yeah. go for it. Try and top the this other. This is one, one of those things. If they if they launch it, Disney's got to go. Holy crap! <laughs> what do we do now? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, listen. I love walking down Main Street and seeing that castle, but you walk in and you just walk underneath the Enterprise, right? And then you get to go up in it. I mean. Uh, that would be mind blowing. We'll see if it happens. Yeah. Right. Something tells me Universal wants this to happen. And here's the thing: we, I spoke on the podcast the, the f- shortly before when you joined us, Tim. They the Star Trek hit its 50th year, and they that that kind of came and went. Like they didn't do anything with it. They the only thing CBS did they they sent out like a a two minute congratulational uh, video. Darren, and, I didn't uh, even know. Yeah, that's that. That's good, how, that goes to show how little they it was did advertised virtually nothing with the 50th anniversary that's when was it two years ago it's 2016 this is, this is literally news to me they didn't even two years late. market star trek beyond a movie that came out 
as a celebration of the 50th anniversary of Star Trek. That's insane. It's nuts. It right? really is. It's stupid. Yeah. Um, the only thing, it was so funny, they had like a bunch of, they, they sent out this video and it was a bunch of people saying, happy anniversary, Star Trek. It was a bunch of celebrities, but they didn't even bother getting like Picard or, uh, John, or uh, Patrick Stewart or William <laughs> Shatner. It was it was, it was baffling. It was, it was really baffling. And, but now it seems like they're like someone else might have gotten a hold of this and all steam ahead. Now, this is a report from io9, and this was from earlier today on June 19th. Um, there's all kinds of weird things that happen with the Star Trek Discovery show right now where they're changing showrunners. I didn't get a chance to watch a show. I saw the first two episodes, which I thought were really good, but nothing since then. But now comes word that... Um, they have a ton of content coming. There's going to be multiple Star Trek shows because of the success of Discovery. Um, they're getting ready to uh, roll out a bunch of different shows that are going to uh, appear on their streaming service. A teen-oriented series set at Starfleet Academy, which they've been trying to do that for decades. Gotcha. Um, a limited series with a currently confidential plot, and I did find out news like minutes ago broke what that might be, and wait till I tell you what that is. A limited series, uh, a miniseries based on the beloved character Khan, so his origin, which we know enough about, and an animated series with a currently confidential plot. Now, um, two other things. Uh, one series that is being rumored is Worf as a Starfleet captain, which... If you watch The Next Generation, like, clearly the badass of Star yeah. Trek. Worf was awesome. And the other one is a follow-up uh, series. To Star Trek Four. No, unfortunately, <laughs> no. <clears throat> I mean, that'd be hard to do with, you know, half of the crew being dead. Um, you got the new guys. <laughs> that's true. They could do Oh, they should do that for Star Trek. Now I'm with you, Tim. Boy, <laughs> you're, I'm sorry. You're on top of this. Thank you. As usual. But it's a a sequel series to Star Trek The Next Generation because they left a lot of unanswered questions with the end of that series, which I don't recall because I haven't seen that series in so no. long. I have it on DVD, but I have to make it through the original first. I've only seen... I, I've um, never faithfully watched. I only saw, like, episodes here and there. And yeah, I, every time that, I watched an episode, it was either, like... It was mostly... They were on the holodeck. But every episode I watched was good yeah. yeah it was really good it was the very you know it's funny and looking up the stories today they they reminded people you know by the way that was the very first cable television show to be nominated for best show hmm. I, it, it had some amazing episodes i never i've never seen the entire no, series me either. I, I i think tim i probably digested it the way you did it's a couple episodes here and there yeah, mm-hmm. yeah i would catch um it. so i've never watched the entire run for sure but uh, i mean i'd be up for that I mean, I know that I remember watching the fi- finale because it was such a big deal and they mm-hmm. left a bunch of an- unanswered questions. And they're saying that something pulls them all back together again. So, I, I mean, all of a sudden... Oh, you mean it's it's sequel, like they're... No, they're, they're going they're with the original actors. The, okay, the, that I didn't wow. know. Yeah. That's, okay. it's, it's interesting. They, they did a cast photo and I guess like they all have managed to take relatively good care of themselves so they don't look like ancient people. They look pretty good. <laughs> You're like... Will, Will looks a little rough. Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> he's the same age as us, though. I know. But you're talking about Will... Wheaton. Okay, not Will Riker. No. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'd be all for this. I think it's cool. I mean, it, it's like... Why you, not? Yeah, why not? At this point, everyone else is getting their moment to reshine in the sun. Why shouldn't they? It's true. Um, wow. That was a very lengthy and impressive... Yeah. Uh, while we were away, but so much to talk about. Yeah. Uh, man, 
That, we got more to come, though. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about I mean, Phil, this is something you've been wanting yeah, to talk to about for a good long while now. We've uh, I've brought this up a few times. The After talking about all this Universal stuff, though, um, <clears throat> the concept of the Disney Monopoly that is well on its way, really. It's, it is, okay, It is a go thing. Ahead. It is a thing. Um, it's at least a question. Yes, and and, I, and that is kind of the question that I've been presenting, and we haven't really had the, ta- the chance to discuss, the three of us, is do we think that, one, there is a Disney monopoly on the vast majority of things, and two, is it a good or bad thing for us as the consumers that we are? If I may. Yeah, go ahead. I have some numbers. I don't know if you have crunched any numbers Mm -hmm. for this, but I have some numbers. Lay it on us. Um, Okay, so here's what I found to help answer Phil's question. Um, I have the top 10 franchises in their worldwide growth. So number one is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Number two. Star Wars. Right. Number three. Uh, Pixar. Mm-mm. That's uh, no Pixar is You're not talking a franchise? franchise. Franchise. That'd be multiple movies. Number three. What do you think? Um, I have no idea. Am I going to kick myself when you probably? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. Number Naturally. four. This is worldwide, by the way. Worldwide. Think about number four. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I, I really don't. Matrix. More <laughs> movies. Matrix. Star Trek. More movies on the, I think, oh, how many Marvel movies are there at this point? Uh, Six hundred. This has the most oh. movies on the list. Most movies on the list. Yes. It's not Star Trek? No. No, the Star Trek's like not even close to this. I don't the know. Most movies. The most movies, most movies for the James same. James Bond. You got it. James okay. Bond's number four. Lord of the Rings, number five. I don't know who owns all these, though. Right. Fast. I'm going to get to that. Fast and the Furious. Okay. Um, that's still That's number six. X-Men is number seven. Spider-Man is number eight. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman is number nine. And Pirates of the Caribbean is number ten. Now, that's worldwide gross. Yes. If you switch it for domestic, then Star Trek and Transformers pops into the top ten. Um, now, here's the thing. Yeah. Uh, Harry Potter's Warner Brothers James Bond is MGM. Lord of the Rings was Warner Brothers. Yeah. No. Wasn't what it? were they? I don't Paramount? remember. No. I had those. Oh, there. I don't know. Um, wasn't Disney. No. no. no well, no, here, here's what, here are the numbers I have. So if you take the top ten mm-hmm. and you take their worldwide grosses, um, the, the combined Disney, which is Marvel, Star Wars, um, and Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, and then yeah, I guess you'd kind of give them part of that Spider-Man, but let's just leave that I, out for yeah, argument's I, sake. I wouldn't X-Men right now. Let's too. keep it up. They have $29 billion. Okay. All right. And all others combined are at 34. Okay. All right. But you're talking about 20, almost half from one studio. And, and from one entity. You said you did not include Spider Man. Uh, well, no. Just the, the last movie was theirs, but I just for argument's sake. It was sake, a split, I, though. Yeah. yeah. It was so, a split. So you wouldn't really. I don't and think. It, the I think the, I, the, the, the numbers there would be nominal. Yeah. And, and the reason that I brought this up initially is because they were in the process of acquiring the Fox licenses. We'll see. I heard yeah. that thing's dead. Because well they, it's they in big trouble if it they isn't. just today because Comcast made mm-hmm. that cash offering for it mm. and but Disney just re-upped their bid today. Well, my, also my understanding from a lot of things that I've read is even if Fox were to sell their movie rights or whatever, 
the licenses for those characters would still default back to Marvel, which is a Disney property. Really? That I've read that in multiple places. Because they can sell they can sell the old movies and the old rights to those movies, but they cannot sell the licenses to these characters. Huh. Wow, that's interesting. That so is interesting. if that's the case, and again, I could be wrong. I've read it th- I've I read it on the internet. So must be true. Yeah, right. So there's a chance that that is the case. So even if they were to sell to Comcast, that does not mean that they would end up with the proprietary rights to X-Men or Fantastic Four or any of those things. And, I mean, proof in the pudding is new Fantastic Four book coming out here very soon. Mm-hmm. Um, X-Men are starting to pick up stride again because of the Kitty Pride and Colossus marriage that's happening tomorrow. But do they care about the comics at all? I mean, don't the comics just exist now so they can maintain their property they, rights? They, they do. They, Probably. The they sales do are nothing don't. to them. But but the thing is, the sales the sales that they do get are significant to the things that are related to the films that are coming out. Like, they'll continue to pump out, like, Deadpool because those movies are doing so well, they're going to make money from it. And they're trying to have those extra bits of the licensure go to people. Because, like, say if they had the license names to Fantastic Four, they were getting a cut of any of the money that was coming from Fantastic Four. That's why they were killing the Fantastic Four books. So now, with them getting licenses back and they're pumping them back out, they're getting more money for these things. I don't know. If I'm a number cruncher and I look at the money that comics bring in for your company, I'll be like, why are we even still doing this? Well, because we need to maintain, you know. Because because a movie is a big punch of money, comics are a trickle of money. No, yeah, that's right. I'm saying, like, the the, the movies is where we don't need the comics anymore. But but I think of the comics as a... If I'm thinking financially, the comics are still a supplementary amount of money that is coming in on these licenses that we own. Even if you were not making the I'm with the hundreds you. of millions, I think the I only reason they they pump these comics out at this point is just to maintain the license. Well, and it's to keep interest because you can lose interest. But that's over the, the problem. Time. What I'm saying but is, I don't think there don't is th- that interest. No, I don't. Not in the comic books. I mean, obviously, we are interested, and thankfully, they're still but there. Comic but comic book sales are going up at the moment, but they're nowhere close here, to what they the used thing. to be. My son. He does, he loves superheroes, loves superheroes. He doesn't read comics. He, he actually, and it, the funny thing is, he knows more about comics and comic history than I do. He goes to some website on YouTube. There's like a YouTube channel where they read the comics. They, exp- they actually read the comics. Yeah, make your child read a comic book. They, I tried. <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they, they do what they're... They do what they're going to do, and mm-hmm. they, they go, he goes to this site that reads the comics. They go over the comic history, and he knows, I, I kid you not, he knows it better than I do. And I have grown up with, I, I bet he would give you guys a run for your money in comic book knowledge. <laughs> it is crazy. Well, yeah, I don't have the time. Well, maybe and we should have and, his son. Uh, and it's, uh, well, yeah, he, he wouldn't mind. And it's all from YouTube. I mean, that's... He's not interested in actually collecting the book. He's interested in the stories and everything, but yeah, I, and he'll read some every now and then. I got him the Ultimate Spider-Man. I get him from mm-hmm. the library, and he'll he'll actually read those. But then, if he doesn't have the next issue, he'll jump ahead. He'll go, you know, online. Well, that's just that. That's their current generation of not being able to wait for anything. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, you're right about that. Mm-hmm. But that's what I'm saying. That that's what this generation is starting to dictate. And that's going to, you know, reflect in the market, I well, think. Well, and I, and I think that's why the market is looking the way that's that it point. does. I mean, even if you walk into a comic book shop now, for instance, I've been, I'm able, I usually go to Carol and John's on New Comic Book Day. 
generally the people buying comics are people in our age range. Mm -hmm. It's not kids. It's not teenagers. And that's, I think, why we're seeing the sales that we're We're seeing higher sales than we were seeing because more of us are buying comics again that had stopped for a long time. And you know what that's from? I bet the movies. Isn't that weird? It's like full circle almost. You might be right about that. It's the movies and the stigma dropping significantly as well. That's a really good point, too. That is a great point. Because it is. Because of the movies. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. it is. It's 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 uh, just a spiral. Because, I mean, as a teacher as well, Darren, I'm sure you see in your classroom more kids with, like, comic book stuff and comic book folders and that type of thing that if... Oh I, my gosh! If I right. had an Avengers like notebook, e- it would have been shot. Oh man! Oh like, my gosh! There was a yeah. Star Trek. There's a group of Star Trek fans, and they they wore Spock ears during the day. That's no crazy. one bothered them. Yeah, they didn't, it's like they lived the life, man. I couldn't dream of doing that when I was in high school, or even later no. later stages of grade school. Even no I made a way, Peter man. Parker joke in my class, and my students laughed. Yeah, it's 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 like. It's weird. It's, it's weird. weird. You know, it's it's like we won the war, but then when we won the war, like the movie studios like in, in the TV studios are like, well, here's everything, <laughs> like so, at yeah. once. So with with this and and the whole the whole point of the conversation to begin with, the Disney monopoly, which I mean, there is monopoly. I mean, there's no doubt about it. They're trying to acquire as many of these properties as possible and make money from them because Disney. It's not a monopoly. Knows how to make money. You don't think so? No. Why I mean, not? There's. I mean. Uh, they own a lot of properties that I enjoy, mm-hmm. but they don't own everything. Let's look at all the things that he just mentioned in Universal, the, in this possible Universal land with yeah. uh, with uh, Star Trek, Lord of the Rings, uh, Nintendo. Um, what was the you? There was uh, their uh, track un- unnamed uh, world Kung with Kung Fu Panda. Panda yeah. How to I Train mean, Your Dragon. It's Disney. You got you got Sony. You got uh, Paramount. Paramount. Um, what are the? Uh, there's other. Warner Brothers. Warner, Warner Brothers. Brothers could start a land right now, theme park right now. If yeah, they wanted and to. they're doing it so wrong. They have so many properties, and they're yeah. they're fumbling. Let them get their movies right first. But <sighs> I guess the, I, I think the thing is that no so much attention is brought to Disney. They're what? Well, what, they're what, way what, ahead. Yeah, yes. what what they have, they're they're doing it right. They're they're throwing. Don't get me wrong. They're throwing it all out there. And they have. They know that it's making them money. But they're doing it well. So, I mean, that's why it seems like they have a monopoly because it's everywhere. Because they've mean, thrown it everywhere. We are. We're getting big name Disney movies almost monthly at this point. You're right. And I don't know. I mean, if we're I agree go, with we're, that. we're talking about the strict definition of monopoly, no. But I think, Phil, your point is... It um, seems like one. It, it does like seem one. like one. And is it good? or I mean, what are the pros and cons? Here? What do you think, Phil? I mean, I mean the pros are... There's plenty of stuff for us to sink our teeth into. Sure. And so the far... The cons are we're drowning in it. That's a very good point. Because I, mean, I can't keep up. I can't keep up in I've my adult out. life. I've you don't have to, though. Out. But like even, even on the comic book sense, you know how I was reading every single Marvel comic that was coming out? Mm-hmm. That's done. I'm not doing that anymore. I can't do it. I can't. I don't have time. No. It, no one does. But I mean, I, I, I like from to make your point help make your point i've totally tapped out on all superhero films and tv shows at this point it's just too much i think that's life though too you're right it is uh, everything is accessible whenever wherever the, the yeah, technology I'll get, I'll get around to it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and you never do no but, of course not yeah it's uh, just sad i mean at some but point it's a though good sadness how do you yeah. feel about those marvel movies i mean it's nice but it is so nice to have them out there that if 
They're I am good. bored, and, and they're good. I mean, I'm excited that I'm going to get Ant-Man and Wasp in another month. Like, that's awesome. I'm all about that. Isn't it weird? It's everything we ever wished for. Yeah. And now we're saying, yeah, I see. I totally get your point where you're saying it's yeah, too much. it's too much. Like, we get, we're getting these superhero movies four times a year, realistically. Three to four times a year. We got, what, Avengers, Deadpool 2, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yep. Captain Marvel's coming, yeah. and then Avengers 4 is next May. Yep. So, I mean, it's it's a lot. It's a lot. I used to go see a movie maybe once a year. <laughs> when is um the, when's the next Star Wars film coming out? The it's not 2019, is it? That's a good question. What is the next one? Is it just... I think it's, it's the, the final it's nine, of the yeah. sequel trilogy, right? Okay, I guess they, I guess that would make sense. So they haven't That's officially announced what the I next... I would say December, right? Star Wars Not this story. December. Not this December. December. They haven't even started. I, I, can tell you, I can tell you it'll be next yeah. year because J.J. Abrams won't... I think the timing of Solo really messed up. I bet you out. they push it to Christmas, though. Easily. I think it will be yeah Christmas of 2019, which will probably help it. If that's the only Star Wars movie yeah. you're getting between now and then, and it'll it'll kind of help I, next year. The that'll be the launch of the Star Wars Galaxies at Disneyland mm-hmm. and Disney, which World. isn't coming until the fall at Disney well, World. Yeah, Disneyland. It'll be in the summer, late summer or something like that. And yeah, which means I'm at least two years away from. I know. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm it's really. I am really interested to see what they do with the property after they pump nine out. Yeah, I well, they too. already they already have all these things. You have Ryan Johnson already lined up for a trilogy mm-hmm. of whatever he wants to do. They, who else they they lined? Um, I think some Game of Thrones uh, showrunners. No idea. They I that was uh, episodes ago. I think it was in the news, but they got mm. some showrunners from Game of Thrones as well. Mm. They um, grabbed them for some. There um, will be no shortage no, after. No, they. They're not going to stop. I mean, there is no shortage for any of this stuff. For what us are the odds point. they continue with uh, the sequel trilo- movies, though? I mean, they didn't really ever say that's going to be it. I thought right? they were. I thought they said they were done with like I the Skywalker esque storyline after nine. Well, it's done. I'm really interested <laughs> that's in it. That's done There's still Skywalkers I, in the mix. Let's face it. Like this sequel trilogy Ooh. was really riding on Harrison Ford, Carrie Fisher, Mark Hamill. You have none of them for the potentially none of them for Good that one. final movie. I guess you can. Get Luke as a force that ghost, been, that been or such an yeah. you can easy come up with Billy D. Williams is waiting by the phone instead of mm. Mark Hamill. Don't you worry. Oh, Billy D. Yeah. Oh, that's oh, true. Billy's yeah. around somewhere. Right. Waiting by the phone. Uh, I'm back in. Oh man. <laughs> Just sold a ticket. All right. So not not <laughs> so not truly Monopoly, but they they're definitely they're definitely doing a lot. They are, and it, and it does feel like a Monopoly. And hey. uh, to me, I can see because it's just stuff that I love. It is, and, yeah. and that's I think that's the problem. Is I feel like, especially for me being a Marvel fan, is they just have everything. That's because I've never been that big of a Star Trek fan, but I'm a bigger Star Wars fan. I like Marvel more than I like DC. Mm-hmm. I love Disney movies. I love like love Pixar movies. Oh yeah. yeah. So and hey man, as a as a DC fan, if you guys want to pick up those movies, you feel free. Yeah. Oh, Great. Man. Let's see what you do. With yeah, it. and the, the Fox acquisition to me almost I almost see it as trying to get their Marvel getting their stuff back. Like yeah. I want to get X Men back. I want to get you know um, the Fantastic Four. Uh, back almost that's almost how i view well, that it that was the thing there that's one of the things that disneyland like got rid of the great movie because they and then you're gonna get all the properties 
Now, right. so what? Boy, you and, shouldn't and have got rid of that. And the so funny quickly. thing is, one of the things they would acquire in this would be Avatar, which is already in that, Animal yeah. Kingdom. Like they're so weird. So, yeah, so, so weird. it's you're right. It's 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 a lot to process. Yes, it, really it is. is. Oh man. Well, how about we sit and let that process for a little bit? Yeah, man. Um, we will be back in a couple weeks with a retroview of Batman the Cult, right, Tim? Absolutely. As well as uh, a conversation us. about comics that we would like to see produced in the near future. I'm excited because, you know, comics is where anything can happen. Absolutely. Like some of the crossovers we've had, mm-hmm. uh, like some of the ones I've read, Star Trek Green Lantern. Uh, Doctor Who, Star Trek The Next Generation. There are things we've talked about on this podcast. That can't happen anywhere else but comics. So we get a chance next, uh, two weeks from now. Yeah, two weeks from now. Um, we get a chance to talk about those things we'd like to see that we haven't seen. Yeah. So we will talk to you in about two weeks. And until then, enjoy your comics. <laughs> <laughs>